G'day ladies and gents, welcome back to Life of Mine, the go-to mining podcast. Matty Michael here. Now, in this episode, I have with me the wonderful and goddamn bloody tough and resilient Rabina Haynes. Now, this was probably one of the toughest interviews I've ever had to do. I had the bloody lump in the back of my throat the whole time because Rabina's story is very emotional, but very powerful, but it I think we did it pretty well. It wasn't all doom and gloom. We had a few laughs and we really gave it a good every cloud as a silver lining type of feel to it. So, Rabina's story. Nothing you'd wish on your fucking worst enemy. Rabina's husband, Nigel Haynes, worked up at Yandy. Uh, In 2015, he tragically and suddenly passed away whilst on site from a blood clot, uh, leaving behind Rabina, his wife, and their three children. Jackson, Savannah and Orlando and this was just life altering in the matter of minutes for the Haynes family and then whilst going through the grief and bereavement and dealing with the fucking insurance companies that were doing everything possible to try and avoid paying out the life insurance claim Rabina was then diagnosed with breast cancer 12 months after Nigel's passing just fucking horrible and but let's fast forward 6 years to 2021 Rabina has used this whole tragic period that she went through, what she learned from it, and she now uses it to help other families that are going through the same thing. And she's she wrote a book, her first book, called Hello Grief, Be My Friend. And this goes through Rabina's whole journey after Nigel's passing and during everything from the insurance claim, the, the breast cancer journey and how shit everything was and when she actually hit rock bottom. Rock bottom. Uh, she wrote another two books, My Shining Star and My Warrior Mum. They're two children's books and Rabina wrote them for, for her youngest son, Orlando, who obviously really struggled without his dad. She's got plenty more books coming as well and you can buy our current ones at www.rabinahaines.com.au. Please go and buy some. It helps Rabina make a bit of cash on the side, so that cash helps her dedicate more time towards going around and helping families that are going through the same thing. You'll um, she's had a lot of interviews, a lot of time with news articles, with magazines, newspapers. Um, I think I think we quite. She said her nickname's the Queen of Death. So as I said, we had a few laughs. It was uh, wasn't all doom and gloom. So. I certainly learned a lot out of this yarn. Me and the missus, we've just wasted four days bloody blooming with each other about absolutely fuck all. And listening to Rabina's story certainly makes you realise that life can just be taken away at any minute. So there's just not much point bickering and arguing over stuff that doesn't really matter. I still reckon I was right, Casey. But anyway, I will concede defeat and let you have the fucking last word as usual. So if you know anyone that's gone through a family tragedy like Rabina's or anything anything like this for this episode on them just might give them a bit a little bit of hope letting them know that one day everything's going to be all right so let's get into this very powerful yarn with Rabina Haynes good well it wasn't supposed to be a bloody podcast studio well, but it's just what it's turned out to be <laughs> <laughs> oh well thank you thanks for coming along mate the buddy i love the children's books it's bloody oh, i'll read that tonight yeah. yeah 
give us the give it the it's it's interesting you thought to bloody do a children's book out of it oh well it was just due to my youngest boy he really really struggled like he um he just didn't know where he'd gone like as far as he was concerned like even when all this all the sadness was going on I remember him saying, oh, I'm sick of this, mummy. When's daddy getting home? Uh, like he just didn't understand it. How old was he? he four. Four, yeah. Yeah, he didn't quite know, you know. Dad flew away to work and never came home. Yeah. No, that's pretty hard for a, a little one to understand. So I had to sort of, I did something for him, you know, that I made it that, um, you know, he was all around us. And he was in nature, and you know, if and then he started. Um, it was actually inspired because he started. I told him that I, oh, whenever you see a feather, dad's around you. Yeah. And he went. He started to think that it was part of his angel wings, so he'd collect them, and he'd come home from kindy and or pre-primary. With bag full of feathers, and I found this one at lunchtime, <laughs> and this one at you know. So that's what inspired the book. Yes, yeah. um, you know, it was the way he dealt with Nigel's death. Did you? Nature. I was about to say, I was thinking, did you illustrate them as well? Or you must have had a hit of talent, but I said no. It's, no, it's, no. <laughs> um, yeah, she's actually a New Zealand artist, and she did both books. So yeah. it's sort of got a common theme through it you know of how the characters look yeah yeah there you go it's um is it is it hard like because we're obviously you've come on to like tell your whole story about this when you drive to here or you drive to something like this is it is it always a does it daunt you at all does it do you get a bit numb over it like when you're like, so I guess you're repeating the story. Like, Is it always still a hard thing to do to go relive this whole yarn? Um, not so much. I, there's parts of it that I don't think I'll ever get over and is always difficult. But I think I've just learnt how to to speak about it and separate myself from the from the emotion. Yeah, you remind me, well it's, well, it's exactly the same story in a way, like uh, talking to Helen Fitzroy about it. Yeah. She's the same. She's just, um, yeah. I think she said those pretty similar words, like removed herself, but then she couldn't yeah. She couldn't do, like if she had like consecutive days of doing it, she like, there's only sort of a certain amount you know she could do limits. before she yeah. fucking break down and yeah. just be ruined. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can really relate to that. Yeah, it's a yeah. good friend of yours, hey, Fitzy? Yeah, um, well, actually, oh, she was just about, um, she saved me a little bit. Um, so I, after it all happened, I I was just so lost. I didn't know. I did, you know, it's a very, very, it's a very different thing losing somebody in a remote area or on a mine site. Because you're so separated from the incident that you don't really know what's going on and you don't know, you don't, it's like two separate families they've got, you know, there's all these people grieving on the mine site that were were ringing me that I didn't know who they were and 
And so one there was one guy um, who worked with Nige who said, look, I know about this organisation called Miner's Promise. I might put them onto you, you know, put you onto them and, and they rang me. And Helen actually came around. She came around to my house like within a couple of days and just sat with me out the back and we just talked for hours and it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I felt I just went, oh, somebody understands. Oh, even knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then she um, she said, right, you know, we've got a support group happening. You know, would you like to come along? And I went, absolutely. And she came and picked me up and we went off to the um, Standing Together support group, which is for people that have lost loved ones in the mining and resource sector. And and it's just gone on from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose we can go back to the beginning. Yep, and we can. Spin, spin. I don't know if you'd call it spin the yarn. but Spin the yarn. <laughs> that's, that's why, well, yeah, pol- shame it's such a sad yarn. Well, anyway. oh, that's it. But uh, I guess uh, we will get into the fact that every cloud is a silver lining and that's what right, this has turned does. into for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, you wouldn't have met me, maybe. No, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Wouldn't have met you. Nige was open pit, so. Yeah, like. well, that was the other thing. I thought, God, I don't know the first thing about underground. He'll probably think. Oh, it's still rocks. Yeah. Still yeah. rocks. Still, still rocks, mate. Still no, rocks no and still dirt. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, Nige actually worked out at Yandy for BHP and – He'd been there for a few years and, well, he'd been in mining for about 15, our whole married life, really, 17 years, I'll say. And he was at the training and assess, trainer and assessor out there. Loved his job, really loved it. And he was a fit guy. I went to the gym. He, you know, he used to love a beer, but. He didn't smoke. He didn't, you know, he wasn't excessive. In his whole life, he was never really massively excessive. I probably made up for that with my wine. (laughs) No, not really. Um, Yeah, and then he was due to, he'd flown up on the Tuesday and he only was up there, going to be up there three days because he'd taken holidays because the school holidays were on. So my kids at the time were 4, 11 and 14, so all different ages and stages. And it was on the Friday, so he flew up on the Tuesday, was coming back on the Friday, and he was. I usually picked him up at around um, 6.30. At um, 5 o'clock, my son went to cricket, so I was just left with the little two. And I just remember Orlando, who just, he was he was the four year old, just loved dressing up. He loved dressing up as a policeman, and he came flying into my room. Mum, mum, there's police at the door. And it's really funny, but as I walked to the door, I was looking out and I thought, Oh, this 
this isn't good. I could tell that something wasn't right. They had hats off. They were very solemn looking. And I immediately thought something's happened to Jackson, my older boy, at cricket or something. By this stage, it was half past five. And I thought, holy shit. So anyway, they said to me, oh, look, you know, can we speak to him in private? So I actually shut my main front door, but the kids were looking out the window and they said, is your husband Nigel Haynes? And I said, oh, no, just please just tell me he's in hospital and that he's okay. And they just went, I'm sorry, he's passed away. That is the moment that somebody smashed my jigsaw of life and I don't think those words will be with me until I die because literally that's what it was like. Somebody got a hammer and just went bang and my whole life in one instant was changed forever. It's like, it's like you can just see that moment like they, I suppose they depict it perfectly on movies and stuff like that, the policeman exactly, rocking up with the door with the hat off and it's just... It was exactly like something out of the movies. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't, um, wasn't very pleasant. And unfortunately, you know, I went into... I can't explain to anybody about that moment, but it's like I... I actually left my body like it was obviously shock or something but I everything went into slow motion and I remember sliding down the wall and them helping me inside and then having to tell the kids and my daughter was screaming we had a very close relationship um, and we had a very close family unit and Orlando was crying because he didn't understand what was going on and and from then on, I, I just felt like everything I did was like in slow motion. It was the shock that had set in. They couldn't tell me how he died. They were just there to intercept me because I was heading out to the airport and they didn't want me to get out there and, and him not turn up. So they said, look, I'm sorry, we just don't know what's happened. Um, and then the Newman police rang while they were there and they are asking me all these questions like um, had he had a disagreement with anybody? Did he anybody have a beef with him? Um, you know, all these, was he all right in the mind? And I thought, what the hell? Because he was a pretty strong fella, my husband, like mentally. And, yeah, they, they just didn't know what had happened to him. But they ruled out, oh, they went through everything, snake bite, they went through a disagreement. They went through, it was all ruled out. Suicide was ruled out. Um, and it turned out he'd had a um, thrombosis. So he'd had a blood clot to the descending coronary artery and he just dropped dead. Isn't it? Yeah, isn't it, buddy? Yeah. The, when you're fucking numbers up, like it's just that the weirdest thing. Well, when you're like, as you said, healthiest bloke, did yeah. everything right. <laughs> I struggled with that for for years actually. I used to uh, for a long time anyway. Um you know, I'd look at people and you know, really hammering their bodies and I used to think, why are you still alive? Why are you still alive and my husband's not? You know, I used to yeah, I used to beat myself up about that a bit, but 
What what year? When did this happen? What was? This was in 2015. 2015. Yeah. 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 Five years. Yeah. Oh, six, God, six now, isn't it? Yeah, six this year. Yeah. Would have felt like probably two. Well, it's it's funny. It feels like it only happened yesterday, but it feels like forever since I've seen him, you know? Like it's a funny, funny like odd balance. Yeah. Yeah. When when did when did they um how long was it before they said they when they figured out what actually happened to him, the blood clot from Um The following night. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be oh, oh God, look look, there's no there's there's no bit worse or better than than any other bit, but just that, as you said, when you're getting asked these questions about like, like And they didn't actually is, tell me. Yeah. Oh, really? The that police didn't night. tell me. Um, Nigel's boss told me how he died. How did they find out? The Well, this is where you're separated a little bit. This is um, the sort of the beginning of my story of trying to deal with this massive adversity while everything else is up north. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, you... You can't, well, yeah, the, the definition of remote, isn't it? it? Well, yeah, you couldn't get much more remote, <laughs> no. I think. So there was a, just a lot of things that happened that I just, which is one of the reasons why I wrote the book, my first book, because there's just so many things I just didn't know and I couldn't get any answers and, yeah, it was very frustrating. What, what was your... Um, I guess your, your like home life in terms of people around you. Like, was your your fam is your fam was your family here? Like, what? no, uh, my family are in the wheat belt, so they pretty much dropped everything there and then and yeah. came down. Um, but and Nigel's family, he well, Nigel actually um, passed away on his mum's birthday, and was buried on his dad's birthday. That's, oh God! I know. How's that? Oh, poor things. Yeah. It's just the way it, Yeah, well, you have to. I don't know how you interpret that. Don't no, I don't. <laughs> don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they and they're very, they're a very close family too. Oh yeah, it was pretty tough on everybody all around. Um, I, but the initial support, as Helen would have said in hers, um, is great. You know, you've, you're surrounded by people. You're embraced by people. Um, and you get through it. It's it's not until six months down the track that it's well. Everyone goes back to their normal life, don't no, they? They do. The focus is um, mm. and look, that's nothing against everyone, is it? Like everyone has to go back to yeah, their no- normal life. They do, uh, but you know, and nobody really understands that your life is never normal again, and. You know, it's my latest book that I've written is actually called um, Finding a New Normal because that's exactly what it's like. But there is actually a fine line, Matt. Like you can either, I think you can go one or two ways. You can can choose the path of self-destruction, which a lot of people do, or you can choose the path where, right, this is, something terrible that's happened i'm going to um go away that's going to bring some positive out of it because i had to do that for my kids i wanted them to have 
grow up and think that they can get through adversity and that it's not the be all and end all you know you, there's still things and there's still a life ahead of them and it's not going to be bad mm. you know but then how do you you've got to you've got to um like to, to you know to get that idea of that's how you way you want to go forward you're, you're battling the bloody <clears throat> the biggest crisis of your life like it's not well, like you, that's the you got you got you got to have the <clears throat> you got to have the frame of mind to yeah <laughs> see that's the the rational thing to do uh, i guess i guess so um i always put in little steps which i'll talk about later but the second crisis came along um a few months after Nigel died um and i was diagnosed with breast cancer and so i had to pretty much start treatment immediately my kids went into major anxiety mode because they were so frightened about losing me and and I was very very sick and it was this was a time that I think was even harder because people were I felt like people were going oh what's she on about now god we heard enough about her you know with her problems so I actually did all my cancer treatment on my own and I would take her, God, I think about it now, I think, you're just crazy, man. <laughs> um, I'd take her a bucket in my car. I'd go and go to uh, my, all my treatments at Charlie's, Charlie Gardner's, and on the way home I'd be so sick. I'd just vomit in, on my way home at every stoplight. I'd get home, I'd go to sleep wake up at school pick-up time, go and pick the three kids up at three separate schools and come home, get them dinner, get them into bed and then throw myself into bed where I'd have to get up the next morning and do it all again. That was really probably a really tough period. And on top of that, the um, I had to appoint a lawyer because the insurance company decided that they weren't going to um, pay out the life insurance because they thought that he he already knew about the condition or he knew about that he had a heart problem, which he absolutely did not. So for two years nearly, I fought um, a life insurance claim, which I didn't end up getting the whole amount I settled. And, um, yeah, so it was a, a pretty tough time in my life. And at that three-month time, what when the... Breast cancer coming. You, you wouldn't that have even about, you wouldn't have even began the grieving, what like the actual no, grieving it was about process. Ten months after. Oh, when you got got when I got diagnosed. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. And no, no, it it was only really the beginning of the grief. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And did that just? How long did you go through treatment for until you went into remission? Um, about. Well, all up, probably 18 months. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, well, because you've got to keep having, before yeah. they'll give you any sort of, oh, well, they never actually tell you you're in remission. They just say you can stop having so many um, checks, yeah. like ultrasounds and, yeah. Did that just push everything? Well, we can use the analogy of COVID, <laughs> Like when yes. you're talking about what you do, like it's just COVID's just pushed everything forward, mm. bloody a year. Is that what is that what the um the, your breast cancer did for the grief of 
Yeah, actually, when I was lost. yeah, when I was actually first diagnosed, um, those initial feelings of grief that I I had when I heard about Nige, it was exactly the same feeling. And there's one thing about grief: it's an emotion that, unless you've been there, you cannot, because we've all experienced anger and happiness and you know, all those emotions, but grief's on its own. That's a different emotion altogether and unless you've felt that. So I recognised it straight away and just went, whoa, this is not good. Yeah. What What were people like around you? Like, what was there, did it get to the point, like, as you said, like, say, two years on, and as I said, everything's just been pushed forward and you're just still fucking struggling. Mm-hmm. Do you start feeling that? Everyone's like, oh, come on, it's time, you know, it, uh, trying to, trying to move you on a from, bit. I had that from six weeks. I felt that. Really? That um, I should be moving on. It is what it is. You know, it's not what it this is. This is life. This yeah, is the key but You could have could have got every fucking, um, I've had every bloody every, stereotypical I comment have. given to you, couldn't you? Yeah, I have had that. Um, everything, oh, well, it's time to move on. You know, I oh, just, no. You don't want to punch him in the fucking throat if they said that. I tell you what, I actually think I might have said that <laughs> in a radio interview. I think I said that. Oh, what, to the person that was interviewing yeah. you? I said if somebody, if one more per- person says that to me, I think I'll punch him in the throat. <laughs> Jeez, they would have shit themselves. Yeah. I think that might have been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who we got here. She's a bit of a nutter. Live throat punch on radio. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's good, isn't it? We've got some book sales out of that. <laughs> yeah, I think I did have a spike. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, there is a bit of um, bit of language in my book because I got um, I got very very angry. I got so angry. Oh, I was like a bloody snake. You'd have been and great. Did you did you type it or um, handwrite when you were writing your book? No, on my computer. Oh, you would have been hitting the fucking keys hard oh, at some points, yeah, wouldn't you? There would have been some anger going down, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, there was some real anger. And I think that's why I, I started writing because it gave me a channel. No, I felt nobody understood me, so that was a channel. And then somebody read a bit of it and said, oh, you should get this published. And I went, oh. oh. so you didn't, you didn't have any intent of no, actually, it was no. just a. It was initially, initially, no. And then I thought as I went on, I went, oh, I probably could do that. Oh, I should add some support things. So there's at the back of the um, back of the book, there's, you know, lots of support yeah. networks that people can tap into, especially for people that, you know, have lost somebody remotely. Well, in this two-year period while, while you're dealing with these insurance fuckwits, buddy, um, were you working? Like what? What? Was, what happens? Money just doesn't appear because well, your husband's died. I was very, very lucky. Oh, you? He was a very popular man out at Yandy, and they, his boss, actually organised fundraisers and fund, and they did auctions. And Nigel took a lot of um, photos on the work camera of. Uh, sunsets over the mine and beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Mm. And they 
my boss got some of those enlarged and properly framed and and auctioned them off and he I think they raised about seventy thousand dollars. They're all yeah. So that Fuck, they're unreal me. like that mining companies that you do see that a lot. Oh, and, and, and not, unreal. not the mining the, the mining companies but as well as the people like donating their pay or annual leave or whatever to like yeah. everyone it's yeah, it's unreal when you see it happen. Oh, like, it was um, geez, I it, wish I'd said, been makes, there. But but that like that's the thing, that money comes straight to you, doesn't it? Like yep. that's the because yep. everything just because well, doesn't everything get when you someone like a husband or wife dies? Well, doesn't the bank accounts just get frozen yeah, or they, something? They get frozen, or mine were frozen. What? Why is that? Is that to? Um, it's in case there's any money owing yeah. to the estate, like to you know anything that's in his name. So what? Can you use a credit like? No. You can't use anything. You can't even go buy a fucking cart in the mill. Not, not until you have um, the um, your death certificate, and until they your insurance is cleared up. Fuck. There's one thing that I I stress to everybody and anybody that might be listening right now: if you haven't got a will, get one, and that is. I couldn't stress, I haven't been able to stress enough to everywhere I go and speak, get a will. Why is that? Because if you don't have a will, you know, everywhere I went to get things done, the first thing they ask is, have you got a will? Do you know we only did our wills about eight months before he died? Oh, so you did have one? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Because then... Everything um, there doesn't, otherwise it can go into the state's hands because if you, if there's no writing to say whatever's in his name is to pass pass on to the partner or who, whoever he wishes, whoever they wish it to, then they've just got to wait until it, you get through the red tape. Yeah, right. It all goes into a trust. You can't touch it. Trust isn't it a funny word? Trust. Yeah, you don't trust that. it at all. No. So that is one thing I say to people: get yourselves a will. Whatever you do, go and pick one up at the post office. I'd be the first thing I would yeah. get people to do, and also really check your life insurance policies because sounds like they're good for fuck all. Sometimes, although well, they make look, it look very, for every. They make it very difficult. So they went right back to when he was like five years old or something in medical records to try and prove that he already had, there was something in there that they could find. You know, they tried to. And that's what they do. But what? And they delay, 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 delay. But that doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like, what can, but what can you do about it? Like, you know, that's just a, I suppose. Well, in the end, we, um, my lawyer, got um, an independent reviewer and oh, you have to pay big money for that, but the independent reviewer looked at it and said, no, she's got to be paid out. But they still only, I, you know, settled on a certain amount. Yeah. Jeez, they're not getting a good bloody um, 
advertisement for life insurance companies today. No. Won't um, be getting sponsored look, by them anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> look, you know, it might not always be like that either, yeah, obviously. Yeah. That was just this situation. But um, then, it'd, like, it'd be, it'd, look, yeah, you don't know, but it'd be interesting to know how often it is like that. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the, and I'm sure well, you probably. I can tell you I've spoken to a lot of people over the last six years and a lot of them have had the same sort of issues. Yeah. Or there's been issues, you know, like what Fitzy went through. Lots of legal. Well, God, isn't that, isn't that unbelievable how, you know, like her whole book is essentially about that. Yeah, like, I know. Just, yeah. Great book. Yeah. Mm. Oh, what a. Yeah, what a what a woman, yeah. or both of you. Like, but isn't it um, yeah, just it's it's yeah, it's unbelievable watching what what oh, it's it's hard to say. Like you know what can come out of something so shit, and look at the impact that Fitzy and yourself have had on on people. Isn't it unbelievable? Well, you probably don't. You probably don't. Ref- do you do you reflect on it much? What you've done for other people? And not really. No. Do you get told much or? Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't really take it on board. I don't know. Why just, not? I don't know, actually. It's like, I suppose, you because you'd think of like, as you said, you're questioning like, um, why, why, why this happened to him? Like, why, why, you know, healthy? Yeah. Why, just why? But then it's like, yeah, God, if you want to get, you want to get into bloody higher spiritual shit, you could nearly look at it now. Just like it's, it's like you're supposed to. This was what you were supposed to do. Yeah, I see. I am very spiritual. So, Are you? yeah, very. Yeah, I yeah. suppose you'd have to be after this. Yeah, so I do believe that. You know, obviously, I, I had to go down this path. Maybe. Who knows? None of us will really know, will we? No, no. But I've had some pretty, um, pretty spooky things happen. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, <laughs> Elaborate I remember, on that. Hey? This, this sounds interesting. Yeah, no, I've had some spooky stuff. I remember one time I went out shopping not long after he, he um, died and my with my mum and my sister-in-law and we had a whole pile of bags and my mum goes, oh, I better not tell Jerry about all this. That's my dad. Yeah. And my um, sister-in-law said, oh, yeah, I won't be telling Billy, won't be seeing the, the bank statements. That's my brother. And I said, oh, well, I won't have to worry about it. The only thing will probably happen is that my house will get struck by lightning or something. And we laughed, you know, leg slap, thought that was funny. Anyway, we got home and at about 4 o'clock that afternoon, a freak storm came over and a lightning strike hit my aerial and blew out my whole house. Oh, you <laughs> And I went... I'll tell you what, God works in mysterious ways because <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, it, it's like he has, like, he violent on some people in very short succession, he just violently shits on them for a fucking couple of years. <laughs> it does. <laughs> if you so look at you, if you put everything that happened yeah. to you in that couple of years. It, it never, yeah, never rains at pause, oh. I can tell you. But don't you, didn't you say when, remember what before about when you were talking about the breast cancer like isn't it you can't just say it's coincidence didn't 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 the oncologist say something about like the amount of yeah how like unco like uncanny it is the amount of people that get breast cancer after a trauma yeah, event that's so true um my oncologist did say to me that 
she sees it quite a bit, breast cancer popping up. Yeah. After a trauma. After your body's been in emotional stress. Because it doesn't just hit you emotionally, it hits you physically as well. Like, Well, they're intertwined, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually um, got myself so I was in such deep shock and grief that my hair fell out. Um, my nails actually came away from my nail beds. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was. God, it's like was, you're having bloody chemo already. Yeah, it was. Bloody... It was actually like that. Yeah. And, um, and I was. I'd always been thin, but I was like really thin. Not that you'd know it now. Made up for it. But yeah, so there was just all those things that you don't you don't think about that might happen. Well, you just couldn't you, you just imagine like if you tried to actually quantify what's actually going on in your body during that like it is just everything is just yeah. Well, you essentially just want to vomit all the time just from emotional Bas- grief. Right? Basically, yeah. 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 But but on um on another side of it, I decided that if I was going to start helping people because I started getting a lot of messages from people all over Australia that um you know were dealing with um deaths, not just on mine sites, but everywhere. And I thought, geez, I'm going to have to do something to be able to effectively communicate with these people because even though I can relate to what they're saying, I can't. I've had to be very careful what I said. So that's when I decided to go and study. So I, I've just finished my qualification in mental health. And when, when was this? How far along? How, oh, this was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did that and I did a series of courses through the... Australian Centre for Grief and Bereavement Um, and I did my assist training which is um, your active suicide intervention strategy course Um, and I I did a lot of little courses that that could help tone so I'm probably in a much better position now to to speak to people. What, what What nickname did you give yourself before? The bloody, the, what would you say? The queen of death? The queen of death. <laughs> I am Chuck the it queen. on the business card. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm pretty sure people must go, oh, do we really want to invite her to the party? You know, oh, she'll talk Is about she, his She's going to bring bad luck or yeah. something. <laughs> do we know? A lot of people said to me, how many Chinamen did you run over? Yeah. I went, oh, yeah. Tell us, that saying. Yeah. Tell, tell us about your kids. Oh, God, there's there's another three journeys you can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're, they're my inspiration yeah. and why I've done everything I've done. Um, they were three different ages and stages. So Jackson was 14. He just, all three kids just idolised Nige. Mm. They used to hang out for him to come home. And, yeah, so Jackson actually, oh, look, he's just amazing. He's now nearly finished his degree. He's 20. What degree did he do? Um, environmental science. So okay. I think he wants to go mine rehab way. Yep. Um, and he works um, behind a bar. He works at the Calamunda pub behind the bar there. And just recently, he's actually, he saved enough money behind the bar that he's just 
um, got approved to build his first house. Oh, legend. I know, yeah. Look at that, so I'm huh? very proud of him. Well done. Yeah, and he's still at uni and, yeah, good on him. Yeah, he's done well. Jeez, I pissed all my money away at uni. So look at him go. Yes, so did I. Oh, I say 20s are for learning, 30s yeah. are for earning. He's going to be a bloody millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> well, he said he wanted, wants to be retired by 40, so I went, oh. Well, there you go. That will helps when you start at 20. I yeah. started at 31. Yeah. Well, you got me too, shit don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I spent more time in the uni bar than I did in uni. Yeah, I wasn't on the side of the bar. He's on either. I yeah, was on the other a, side. Yeah, see, that's the difference. Yeah, see, all yeah. his mates come to his pub yeah. and drink and he serves them the drinks and earns the money. So yeah. I think, oh, well, I guess oh, that's... good on him. <laughs> what a legend. Yeah. So um, my daughter is 17 in year 12 now and she she has struggled. She's been our little struggle child. Um, so your dad's girl. Yeah, she yeah. was daddy's little girl. I was going to show you a photo, but I haven't got my phone here. Um, yeah, she was. Oh God, it was. She was going a preteen, so she went into her teenage years just in horrendous grief. And I, I remember she was in denial for a long time. So she um, really just didn't believe he died and she refused to be sad she didn't want to be at home she never wanted to be at home and then one day about um would have been about seven months after he'd he'd passed away um she i I went into her bedroom and she was just sitting on the bed with a photo of nige and she looked up at me and she went he's not coming back is he mum and I went, no, he's not. He's not coming back. And she just sobbed, just cried and cried and cried. How long? Sorry, bloody. How long? How long after was that? It was about seven months. Really? After. Yep. And um, yeah, she went through about three years of hell. I went through three years of hell with her. As well. well. We usually go through three years hell with a teenager oh, normally, anyway, don't you? Jeez. <laughs> That was a nightmare. She was, you know, doing things that, you know, running away from home. Um, yeah, just went right off the rails. Oh, she just would have been. She would have been just completely lost, yeah. wouldn't she? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and um, but she's good now. She's in year twelve, and she wants to do kindy teaching. Yeah. So, well, wouldn't well, that's the thing. Bloody talk about getting hardened for life. Far out, like going through yeah. that as a teen. Like once you bloody get to eighteen, like. Wouldn't that that'd be well, she'd be tough as bloody cotton up coffin nails, wouldn't she? She is tough, but she's got a lot of anxiety. She's um the biggest struggle I think with her was people just didn't understand, so they used to just be nasty about it. The girls, girls can be just nasty, and you know she'd come home and she, you know they ask us stupid questions like, "So did you see your dad dead?" You know, things like this. Mm. You know, yeah, I just, remember that at school. Yeah, yeah weirdest, weirdest weird. things you think about it. Mm. Yeah. Looking back on it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, kids I guess are that's, just, well, kids just, kids like, are kids. They don't understand. fucking understand. Yeah, they say what they want. No, they don't understand. Yeah, so, and the little fella, he's had a, quite a lot of anxiety too. But, and I think it's because they were there initially. Oh, they yeah, they they remember that moment, don't yeah. they? Yeah. 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 But it's not all bad, you know, like 
it's it's not all bad. You know, we've had some great times and um, I, I, I always refer to my life as BND and AND. So that's before Nige died and after Nige died and we did have a chat about that. <laughs> N-A-D. Well, so, so and after oh, A-N-D. A-N-D. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sounds after like A-D. Yeah, yeah. Died, yeah, before and after. And, you know, you were saying the same thing with, you know, what happened to your mum. Yeah. You know, feeling that same two different lives. Yeah, well, that, that's what she said when she, when she remarried eight years later. Yeah. I think she met buddy, met the old man buddy, oh, five years later. Yeah, she just said that's just a, it's just like she was reborn. That was just her, yeah. this was her, that was like an old life. Yeah. It just other than, it's just like nothing, nothing crossed over at all. It's just, she said it's just the weirdest. It's like it's But her and I, her and I still talk, we talk about it heaps like what it was because you know it was just me and her like, oh wow yeah so it was like that for every bloody even the wife and everyone's like oh you and your mum are weird you just talk every years are weird you just talk all the time <laughs> which we do but that's i think that's that's awesome. because of that that four years yeah. which was it was literally just me and her like obviously I had a lot of family around us but um yeah, that, that just galvanizes you forever. That just bloody unites you forever. You're inseparable. And that's, but then her and I, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm probably the only person she can talk to about that previous life because that was just me and her. Yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. It is. And I, I can really relate to that because I have a very, very close relationship with all my kids, but especially with the little one. Mm. Because the older two, you know, teenagers going through that, they'd go to their rooms. Yeah. I'd have to go and cry them out. But the little fella's just always with me, you know. And he, we, I went on a regional tour with my books and um, we went from town to town. I homeschooled Orlando. Um, and that's when I, I realised just how many people out there um, needed support yeah so we'd get to towns and the i'd do the talk and it, it wouldn't be until after the talk that people would come up to me and they'd go how do you you know how do you feel about this and what i don't know about this i, I in fact i had one lady um that wouldn't come into my talk and when i was packing my car up i was doing trips from the car to inside and or she wasn't she was leaning on the back of a car having a ciggy and she wasn't saying anything I just thought didn't think much of it and then I was just going out with my last load and she said you don't get over it do you just out of the blue yeah right and I went no I don't think you do you know I think it's um, a matter of it starts off as a, a ball and your life grows around the ball and that your ball is your grief. And she went, yeah, and she actually told me about her, her child that was, her child was killed, yeah. got hit by a car and has never got over it. Yeah, well, like, look, you don't want to compare the severity or magnitude no. of anything, but no. I think chill, like a, people that have buried their children, that is just, I don't, I don't think you can, yeah, you no. never, you never move on from that. No. Well, well, you can't move on. It's well, a definitely that would yeah a difficult thing. Mm. It's uh, well when 
as a mother during mm-hmm. that that did it change you like your mother in mothering in terms of, like did you wrap your kids in cotton wool after this like was it mm-hmm. what was it like after Nige passed probably not really i um a lot of my thinking changed so all the things that i used to carry on about like i just didn't give a shit about anymore so it's little things like you know i want to sit at the table that's at the table because hmm. we always sat at the table as a family i haven't sat at the table again you know things like that certain um and if i if they want to eat something or do yeah just do it <laughs> i'm certainly not one of those parents that go oh don't eat that and don't eat this and you can't have that and you can't have uh, i just say do what you want it's all, yeah, it makes you realise how insignificant. It's yeah. just irrelevant. We're the same now. Dummies. Have the fucking dummy. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> just Stops have the damn thing. Have the fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, why make your life hard? Yeah. I say yeah. it's just make it easy. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Nigel and I were both into fitness, both looked after ourselves and did all the right things, and Nigel had even given up bloody sugar. I mean... What? Yeah. Uh, see, that's what happens, I reckon. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you had one sugar in your coffee before, so. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I don't give up sugar. I don't give up anything anymore. I've taken things up. Yeah. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, what, 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 when you said, like, as you, I suppose you, you, your support technique as well, well that would have been, because people have come to you, are they coming to you like they're, like, wanting an answer? Yeah. And they think you've got it. Yeah. But how do how how do you support someone? Yeah, there is no answer. It's just being there, and um, and really, most people just want validation for how they're feeling. Oh, that's what I've found because there is no answer and there is no fix. You know, so you know to be there and be present with a person and. The biggest thing I find is is listening, but not listening to reply. That's well, sometimes why, the best thing to say is just nothing, isn't it? Yeah, there's nothing you can yeah. do to take away the grief because it's a process. But as long as you listen and not listen to reply, because that's what I find a lot of people do. You know, they're thinking about what they're going to say. Oh, fuck, that pisses me off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a it? similar story yeah. or something or they know somebody, you know, you're just better off just sitting there and listening. And you get, you can see it in their eyes usually. Like you, you just know when they've, you're talking directly at someone, so I'm looking in, you know when they've just sort of tuned out and they're thinking or they, well, they're just about yeah. to say something, they're on to their next thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, did you, did you, did you, have you got it? You'd have a knack for it now, wouldn't you? You've done it for so long. Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. What is it? What What are you? How, how do you approach some like? How do you approach a situation like that when someone wants to just, you know, like they they've gone through what you've been through? What's going through your head? Um, nothing, because I'm there to support that person. So I wouldn't. I, I there's no nothing I can do, really. Yeah. But. When I'm with somebody that's really hurting, I'm with them and I'll stay with them and, and talk to them. And, and 
the last thing people want uh, you to say is, oh, well, I, or when it happened to me. Yeah, my, my husband. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't do that. I just, you know, go, you know, I can't imagine, you know, what you're feeling right now. I've got a slight idea, but everybody's journey is different. Do, do some people, or even yourself, do you think, do some people actually think they've gotten through it and got out of it and then just to realise, oh, shit, I'm, what, and they go, like, regress, go back downhill? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So many people. They think, oh, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm good now. Yeah, I'm good. And they start and they get out there and they start and then they fall in a big heap. That's why I've, I did mental health because I try and really talk about tips for self-care and one of well one of the things I I did to get me through everything was set goals so anybody that's starting um, this sort of journey then I suggest just make little goals sometimes you get those goals sometimes it's like ah stuff it I can't do that one so my first goal was I used to go for a walk every day just to clear my head, just for half an hour. And I did that. That's That was the best thing you can do. And then I'd like, next thing I decided to do a writing course. So I, I did that. And then I did my mental health course. So I did, you know, so it's, I just set, as each goal got a bit bigger as I went along and really looking after yourself, you know, like mindfulness taking time out for yourself and it's okay to say no to that meeting, to that people can live without you for a while, mm. you know, in this well, sort of situation. A, sounds like that's the biggest thing you learn out of it, the whole thing, just don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat it? the small stuff. Yeah. It doesn't matter, it can wait. Beds don't have to be made, you just wait. Just let, let yourself, your body and your mind heal itself. I might let you get talk to me bloody missus when she rocks up and might get a go a bit easier on me over the oh, washing up yeah, and everything. Yeah, no sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> You've forgotten I was a FIFO wife oh. for a long time. As soon as I walk through that door, she's like, right, they're yours. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Yep, I You're remember those duty. days well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing for her is um, – it's the simplest thing. Oh, we've got this thing, Tiny Beans, which is just you take all the photos you put on this app. So I see all the photos. You, only your family sees them. So you yeah. see them while I'm away. And the missus is like, no one bloody likes or comments. So I'm, I'm doing this every day. I need to be known that I'm doing this for a reason because I look at it every day. Yeah. But as soon as I get home, she's like, you're on Tiny Beans, Judy. That's her biggest thing. Yeah. She's just sick of uploading these fucking photos for a week. <laughs> And I'm bloody, I love it. I'm bloody, that's great. I'm bloody useless at it. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Oh, it's good. I love it. Yeah, scroll through all the time. Just all, all your kids' photos are together. Yeah, see me, bloody people. Probably see me on the bus to work, thinking, "What the fuck's he doing?" Just looking, but they're yeah. just. <laughs> that's what FIFO's about, isn't it? Like, yeah. Oh, it is. And you know, it's bloody hard being a FIFO wife. I know oh, it's, it's hard it's, for nah, it's, for it's, you trust guys me, too, fucking, obviously. No, I'm not I've, taking that away from it's you. It's fucking harder being the FIFO wife, though. I've got the easy hard. option. 
Yeah. It is hard work. and We don't I, get paid for it either. No, that sucks. <laughs> you should. Yeah. It should be a government thing. There should definitely should be some not sort for of subsidy. A, we're not paying for it. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no don't government. be silly. Uh, no, there should be. It is, it is tough. And it always seemed that whenever there was something on, it was always when you guys are away. So, you know, oh, and, for, and a, for a 50 50 chance, it just never fucking nah. fell in my favour. I, I would have lost a fortune on two up if that's the yeah. case. Uh, yeah, seriously. It never, and Nige did one and one too. Yeah. Never worked out. I was always going to shit on my own. Yeah. Well, I really do now, but <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't really complain, should yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, do you remember? Um, what well, I guess your journey to what you what you're doing now with God everything and we look oh, I don't even know half the stuff you do and so we will we will get into that but um, can you pinpoint when you really first had an impact on someone? Um. Uh. Yeah, there yeah, has so this is what happens of... when you don't get questions given to you prior and we oh, just wing right. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry, <that's> mate. Okay. <laughs> It's um there has been a couple of moments. Um it's hard to say exactly when. But I do remember actually at one of my first book launches, one of my when I went on my tour, I got this I was packing up the next day and I got this frantic phone call which I had my phone in my bag and and it, I was out in a country area. And it was this girl that had come to my talk the day before and that night had lost her mum. Her mum died suddenly. After the talk? Yeah. Oh, shit. Just suddenly. And she didn't know how to tell her little one, who was very close to her nana. Oh, God. Yeah, so that was probably my first time where I, you know, I really know that what I did and my book helped because it even though it's a general book you know it is it i mean it's a book about a dad this is my shining star it's still about a child and losing a parent or somebody they love that's it's pretty general yeah so yeah i suppose that would have been one i've, I've had a few moments but i try not to um I, i've always just thought well if, I, if there's one person that I can help validate how they feel in this situation, then oh, that's good because I've really struggled with finding that sort of support. Where, where are you at now, six years on? Can you, can you oh, I suppose you can only say where you're at compared to two years ago. Like, how would you say... How would you say, where would you say you're at now along the journey of bloody grief and uh, bereavement? I've, I've definitely accepted, accepted it. Um, I feel I'm at the beginning of a very, very exciting journey into the world of mental health and grief and bereavement. That's where I feel I am. I have a passion for helping children um, in the mining sector that have lost a loved one and I would that's where I, I'm wanting to head into the facilitation of 
um, children support groups. Well, and that's the best thing about what you do is the fact that, and the 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 thing about your story as well is the fact that it's not a mining fatality. It's just it's someone has passed away that worked in mining. Like, like the, mm. they're the people that don't get the they don't make the newspaper. No, because it's not like a. It, yeah. It's just a. It was. It's just a. a it's a, tough, a normal death, but it's yeah, it, it it's is, no it's different. Right. It's no different to a. What There's the, a lot what out the, there what too. The, what the families go through because it doesn't matter whether it's a mining fatality or just an unrelated death. It's a bloody it's a death. That's right. And it's and and it's like and I reckon they're the they're the families that probably feel even more alone because they're not getting the the publicity side of things. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. And it's a very very lonely journey um, losing somebody in a remote area. I can tell you that. I, I remember at the beginning I, I didn't know where he was. I remember he got flown, his body got flown to um, South Headland and he was getting flown to Perth the next day and then he was on his way to Perth, I think, and then they had to turn back to South Headland because they didn't have any room at the morgue. You know, things like this. Oh. I didn't know what was going on. I, the only information I was getting was from um, a couple of guys out at the mine that were getting information out there, and oh, it was just a nightmare. Like, and especially when it's like like it, it, it's like a, talking about logistics of like your husband, yeah. <laughs> like the your your husband himself. That's yeah. and that's just the oh, you just can't make you sick to think it does. about it. Yeah. yeah, it does. It's it's tough. Well, tell tell us about your um your, your speaking and and stuff you've done so far. Oh yeah, I've done quite a bit. Um, but not not just for mining, but you've done it for everything, I gather. Yeah, a lot in mining or. Um yeah, I've done a little bit in mining, but I've sort of spoken all over. You know, I've you know I've been to libraries and spoken. I've done um you know specific events that i've spoken at all sorts of things oh there's my phone oh yes yeah i thought it would, I, oh, I thought if you I, had it on it would have been off the hook what? i thought I it would have been going flat out it was in here god that's oh well we'll just turn it off i'll turn it down put them on speaker if it's interesting yeah well it could have been actually <laughs> or it might have been um somebody needing um some mental health support had a real beauty. Yeah, we could have done a live. Yeah, we could have done a live, live session. Yeah, could have. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a bit of a spark to the. Yeah. Yeah, podcast within a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, so what have you got? To, oh, it's like a bloody informal call center, really. Are people you like a? You're like a network of people that sort of. Yeah. Well, ring you for support. When they know, what's the go? Yeah, that's basically what's happened, um, I've found, is people get hold, you know, they get on my website and they um, they message me through my website. And because I've got to know um, a lot of places, um, you know, through my studies and through people I've met, um, I, I refer them on if whatever sort of situation they're in. So if they're suicide bereaved or... I might refer them on to Arbor, which is, um, you know, a suicide outreach. 
further bereaved. You know, places like, you know, I can do that now, which I think if I didn't go ahead and do a qualification, that's where I was struggling. I was taking a lot of it on board, whereas now I know the places I can direct them to. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do, and also it is one of those things, if you don't start referring, you know, some of the stories you you hear are really, really quite distressing. And, you know, all I can say is, is there enough wine for that? Well, (laughs) yes. You know, like. And as I said, like trying to limit your consumption doesn't really matter anyway, so if you you may as well yeah. just be like that person you said looking at them destroy their body, it doesn't make a difference. Look at the greater purpose of life, yeah. Yeah. The greater meaning of life. Yeah. Yeah. Is it um does it get a bit overwhelming sometimes? Because you'd have a lot of people you're like a, I guess a one woman band. I know, it's bizarre. I, I, it's really just quite bizarre how it's all turned out and and yeah, how it's happened. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I actually do have, which is why I think I've, I'm supposed to be doing this because I do have a really strong separation. I can put up that wall and still empathise, but I can put up that wall. Do, do you find though sometimes you you get that focused on everyone else helping everyone else you're Yes, you've forgotten about yourself a bit. I try not to. I try not to do that. I always try and take time out for myself. Because um, you, you, you'd nearly be at risk sometimes of falling in a fucking heap yourself because you, you're um, putting all this energy into, you forget about your own journey. I, I, I don't think I will because I'm very much um, into self-care, yeah. you know, on on my part. So, yeah, I, I don't think I would fall in a hate. Yeah. Well, that's but, good to but hear. It's, that's it's good. an easy thing to do, you know, like, um, and I do know that with, with bereavement, and I have spoken to a lot of people and I've listened to a couple of your podcasts that after adversity you can form addictions because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel better than what you're feeling. It takes you away from that feeling. Well, it kill, Whereas, kills the shit, doesn't it? Like, yeah. just kills off that bloody pain temp- very temporarily. Temporarily. Yeah, is the key mm. thing. Have a, have a look at this ingenuity. Yeah, she's. The, the locked door's good for fuck all now. She just brings the stool out and just <laughs> lets she's, herself out. She's just smart as a whiff, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, does I'm it every going time. Going out there with daddy. That stool. She did it the other. Took the stool out the front, unlocked the front door, went down the road. <laughs> <laughs> no oh joke. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh, yeah. that's a scary. No wonder you. Well, Lisa, no, she's dead. Intelligent. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. You got a smart one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much so. Oh. Yeah. What's so? Yeah. Oh, geez, where where do we want to start? We've got so. God, you need a bloody family tree of like what you're up to at the moment. Oh like you yeah, got, you I got have got, got a bit going on everywhere. I have got a bit <laughs> going on. What? Are, tell us about the book. So, the your first book. Oh, my first book is "Hello Grief, Be My Friend." So that is actually our um, 
our journey. So as a, as a family, as a family, yeah. um, how we, how I dealt with it, how and all the emotions that went with it, um, with the whole situation. My breast cancer journey is in there too. Um, there's a lot about. Um, so Nigel's boss has a section in there that he he wrote about Nigel up at the camp. Um, yeah, so there's a, a bit of everything in that that first one, and there's also at the back a lot of um, resources that people can tap into if there if something happens. Um, the second book is My Shining Star, so that's about um, my youngest son's journey um, coming to terms with the death of. Nige through nature, as a, and it's like and it's like a children's book yeah that's format. a children's yeah. picture book yeah yep. and then my third book is and the next one in the series from my shining star so that's called my warrior mum and that's actually also a picture book in the same exact same sort of um, same illustrator and that is actually about a little boy's journey in coming to terms with his mum going through a cancer journey and why she looks different. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, because you yeah. know you lose your hair and yep. you can't do as much as the other parents because you can't run and jump and play and that so it's sort of from thing. the perspective of yeah. the child. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Both from his perspective. Yeah, yeah. Is he what's is he pretty chuffed that he's the inspiration for these two books? Orlando? Oh, getting a bit of a big head on him about it. Is yeah, he? <laughs> it's. Actually, can be a little bit embarrassing. Is <laughs> oh, so he's probably your best salesperson. Oh, is he? look, I, sometimes <laughs> I just think, not now, Orlando, not now. <laughs> Come on, you know he tells everybody I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think to myself, yeah, famous for the Queen of Death. <laughs> There's that word again. Yeah, no, he he loves it. Yeah. Oh. That's yeah. a, and you got a couple in the pipeline, few in the pipeline. Yeah, so my my f- next one that's actually in with a publisher now is called um, Grief Finding a New Normal, and that's actually um, there's a lot in there. Alternative healing, so um, a lot of mindfulness uh, things that you that can do to support you through support yourself, your mind, and your body. Um, and I was actually quite enjoyable doing because I, I tried a lot of different things out. So I, you know, had volcanic rock massages. Yeah, and right. I went to um, a weekend at the Sound Temple and did sound healing and, and all the things that, you know, that are alternative that you might be able to, might help you and your body. Did you write right. any of them like, oh, I did this, it was shit, didn't work? Um, was yeah, all, well, all, all. There was one thing that I, I found really tough and that was yoga, believe it or oh, not. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found yoga, I probably went too soon after Nige died, I reckon. Yeah. But, so, yeah, that's not really something I'd want to do. <laughs> I love the fact you've got your fan club. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, I've got fans. Yeah, look at those <laughs> smiles. The, oh, trouble, yeah. trouble. These, these books, are like you look at them, they're, aren't they? They're, it's essentially a live feed from you, isn't it? Like the, yeah. it is literally a live yeah, feed. Yeah, it of what certainly is very, very. What raw. you're going through, and it it is straight out. Yeah. There's no, it's not bullshit, is it? No, there's no, no, um, no bullshit in there. There's, um, I could actually, yeah. The there's the feelings that that come through in this are, um, 
Yeah, you, that is pretty raw. Uh, and I think that's why this book was um, so popular because there was no fluffing around. You know, like, you know, a lot of the books on grief that I've got, which are very good, mind you, like they're very, very good. They're written by clinical psychologists. They're very matter of fact. This is just, hey, this is how it is. This is it, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, do you want me to read you a bit? Yeah, why not? Yeah, just a little bit. I'll try um, to keep me bloody emotions intact. I've been holding on to it all for the whole yeah, bloody yeah, time. I, <laughs> this is actually, well, this is actually how I felt because a lot of people, you know, everybody goes back to their normal lives. Well, I never, I didn't have a normal life to go back to. So after, especially after I got diagnosed with breast cancer, I just put a smile on my face and went, oh, I got this, I got this, and then I did fall in that heap. And this is after I fell in the heap. So when I got home, this is when I, I got back from my initial surgery, I had this veil come over me and I believed that I had to carry on and pretend everything was normal. I was better. Everybody faded away because I was not dead, I guess. For a split second, I wished I was. I felt like it was trivialised. Oh, you're better. Good eye. Life can get back to normal for you. Ha, 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 what a fucking joke. Joke, 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 joke. I love a good fucking joke. Maybe I should ask Nige to tell one of his good jokes. Oh, that's right, he's dead. Maybe I should stand up and tell a good joke. Oh, hang on, I feel sick and dizzy and sore because I've just had breast surgery because I have breast cancer. All my inner strength was sapped. There was no voice inside telling me to grab life with two hands. This was all just one big fucking joke. Far out, that's it. You cannot, that is in the moment, isn't it? Well, that's exact, and that's what the book, it's very raw, and I didn't really care what people thought because there is no glorifying grief. You know, there is no, that's what it is. They're feelings that you feel, and why gloss over something and pretend it doesn't, pretend it isn't like that? That's that's just ridiculous. Yeah. That doesn't help with your healing. What What's been the? How did you get the book out there? Like, once you had that published I, and everything, did you? I don't know. I actually don't know. I went on a regional tour. I I've got a website up and running, and I got oh well, I did get a bit of media coverage. So I was in the Woman's Day. That's oh. right. I was in the Woman's Day. Oh, I so about your that. bloody doctor's surgeries would have been. Fucking reading about your flat out. Yeah. That's where the woman's day is. I was in the the waiting room. Yeah, I was in the woman's day and then I was in the Sunday Times magazine and I was in the Saturday's West magazine. I was in the Farmer's Weekly. Um, I was in a lot of different things and I think that's where people got to know me. And then people in areas would go, oh, look, can you come and speak in our area? We've just had a... Um, you know, like murder, suicide, or you know, something yep. like that. <laughs> Isn't that? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's but, uh, just sort and of was it, and this is happening. You like, you be you'd be telling the people around you like, someone wants me to go and speak. It, were you shocked about that? This initially is, this was all just initially. I, I was shocked, yeah. but then I thought, well, why not? Why not? It means I can write snowball. more. 
It means I can earn money from it to write more, to help more people, so why not? That's the yeah. way I looked at it. Have you, have you ever dealt with any negativity yep. from people? Yeah. I can... I can I can just imagine yeah, yeah, some lots. of the things you would have heard. Like, you've got to you've got to develop a very thick skin. You do get. Is it is it common or, or is yeah, there much of it yeah. or? Yeah, there is. What do they say? You're like you're profiting off death, like things. No, no, like I don't that? usually get that. Um, I usually get. I oh, really and a lot of trolls get on my. I've got a Facebook page that is under my name, like my books and. I, I help a lot. It's like a grief thing where um, I put, you know, uh, tips and things on there that people can do. And I get a lot of trolls because it's a public page saying, oh, you know shit, get your shit off my page, you know, all that sort of stuff. I've had people say, what a stupid name for a book. How can grief be your friend? Well, maybe you should read it and then you'd understand why I call it that. Um, you know, a lot of that sort of thing, yeah. Did you take it personally when you no. first started? Oh, first off I did. Yeah. I really, it used to really affect me, but now I don't care. Yeah. Couldn't care less. Good, yeah. I'll get, because it's, especially when you start getting a, like a name, for, like, you know, you're very, the more well-known you are, the more negative shit you're going to oh, get. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. It's, just, it's you only keep increased. Everyone happy. Yeah. yeah. No, you can't keep everyone happy, that's right, and not everybody's going to like what you write, you know. Then they're not. I've had mixed reviews. Oh, okay. They can write a book. Yeah, That's you, what I think. Yeah, exactly. You go and write, write one, write a better one. See how hard it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. Yeah, you know, just let it go. What about the when you said you're you're starting a, you're at the stage of a new journey. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, well, I feel like I am. I'm, I'm about to break into something that is going to be, I don't know whether it's intuition, but I feel like I'm going to break into something that's going to be big, like as far as the support side goes. But I'm just, um, I'll just wait and see and see what happens. Yeah. That's all I can do. Um, yeah. I've also got, um, I've all, well, I've actually written seven books, so four are actually on grief. And then as a sideline, I just for my own, just to help me to get out of thinking about grief and talking about grief, I, um, I've written three novels on uh, murder mysteries. Oh, fiction. actual fictions. Yeah, yeah fiction, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a little series. Yeah. So is that's... there any throat punches in there that you? <laughs> no, no throat punches actually. But there's a couple of um, yeah, gory murder scenes. Yeah. <laughs> like stabbings and yeah. There you go. I could. Yes, throat punch. Sorry to sorry to look away. Then I'm just I knew that Chloe was fiddling. I'm like, imagine if she's fucking turned the volume down on one of these, we're completely. Fine. But we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all good. Sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. That no, no, uh, I didn't. No, that was that no, shit no, I was talking about before when people stop listening to what you say. Oh, <laughs> I'm no. like, oh bloody better yeah, not, no, better I preach what I practice what I preach you. <laughs> oh. I didn't think that. No. Yeah. So I, I think. Um, yeah. There's. Really, once you start going into this, you're only you're opening a can of worms, really. Mm. Because believe it or not, you know, death 
we're very death illiterate in this society. As in, as in we can't talk about it or people don't don't like it. I've had publishers say to me, Oh look, we really like your book but death doesn't sell. You know, whereas when you're in that situation where you need that support, which I certainly didn't have any, then I can tell you, you do need books like this. You just do. Well, they, I suppose Especially if someone... young children. If someone ever comes up to me and says, oh, we need a, um, you know, some books to, you know, book on death, I'm like, well, haven't I got the person yes. for you? <laughs> Oh, I, I have exactly. got the one-stop shop yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's a bloody shop. shitload of them. <laughs> you want to know, Dest? I've got sad, the woman for you. <laughs> Crikey. Oh, my God. I'm like the turning into the uh, Maggie Dent of Dest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but, but in it, like, imagine if you... If you couldn't have a bit of a laugh about it like that. Oh, you got to. You know what I mean? You've got to like, have a laugh, don't you? And then, no, yeah, it'll be as you said, no one will want you anywhere because they're like, oh, she's just too deathy oh, for us. Yeah, too deathy. <laughs> you got I, I think I do have that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that reputation. Uh, or what I find is if I go out and people find out what I do, they start telling me like, oh, well, when I was... Yeah, such and such age. It was, you know, I lost my brother and, you know, that sort of thing. It, it's like that's the story of my life now. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind, though. It doesn't worry me. Yeah. Just go, well, at least you're talking about it. Yeah. I suppose. What about what about the next stage of, um, as I said, about, you know, talking about my mum and what she went through and, yeah. as I said, she remarried, you know, what, what was it, eight? Eight years later? Like, oh, no, with him. Four years up before three or four years before that, and as I said, she's just it's been reborn. Do you do you ever see yourself doing the same thing? Um, maybe I don't know. Really, I I don't know. Do, yeah. do, do you feel like? Do you feel like it would be the like in your head? Do you have this thing saying it's the wrong thing to do, no. or like? No, well, that's I good. I don't have because it's not. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I don't think or feel like that. And I, with anybody um, that's on a grief journey, I really stress that there's never a wrong or right time, if you know what I mean. Like some people I've spoken to have moved on emotionally after two months after a death. And if that's right for them, that's right for them. Mm. You know, some people like your mum's eight years or whatever it was. You know, it, there is no time frame on, and nobody can tell you whether you should or you shouldn't. You know, it's none of it's just you and where you are. Mm. And I look, I, I don't, I wouldn't say no to it. I don't know any guy that would really want to come into my world, but <laughs> it's a pretty, you know, gruesome world with what I do. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. You just look. Yeah, you just I, never know. Well, I it's, don't. Yeah, I don't really think about. It. I think if it happened, it happened. Yeah. You know? do, do you have your like in the six years? Is how would you rate loneliness? Oh, there's been some real rock bottom lonely moments. Um, the first couple of years, oh god, that was just hell. Um. 
you know, the kids would all be in bed. Yeah. I, I remember um, going from room to room and each child in their room in their own separate beds would all be crying and I'd go from room to room and then I'd, I'd go and sit on the floor of my wardrobe and just cry and just in anger and frustration and loneliness and then I'd sit there for the rest of the night just like this, staring into space, yeah. waiting for the night to end. Yeah. And there was lots of nights like that. Yeah. Um, there were nights when I'd drink myself into oblivion just so I could get away from the loneliness. Um, but then I found, well, you know, I wasn't functioning as a mum, so I had to give that up. Um, then it doesn't do you any good anyway doing that but yeah so there has been a lot of lonely times and I think that's the hardest thing that I've had to get used to is is being on my own because Nigel and I shared everything Mm. we did everything together but it's even having that well you got to make every decision you got to talk you'd be talking to yourself non-stop like it's it's like your two people like you got you got your conscience <laughs> like know. you know like you know when I, you got when you got yeah. your partner in crime that's you you run everything by each other there you oh there that's yeah you don't and you're trying to think if you're doing the right thing always talking to bloody every version of yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah you're always second guessing yourself and you know you're not having that um somebody to bounce off mm. and run ideas over it you know some days I, I would sit there and go, just tell me if I should be doing this. What should I be doing? You know, I'd, I'd curse him. Yeah. Fuck you for going. <laughs> just give me a sign. Yeah. Strike a bit of lightning or something. Give me a bit of lightning or something. No, no more <laughs> no, <not> lightning. Well, <laughs> <laughs> at least you know you're doing the wrong thing if the lightning yeah. comes again. <laughs> you must have got the wrong thing at the supermarket that day or something. No, no I think I just... Spent too much money. <laughs> yeah, well, he's spending too much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think that's been the toughest. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, oh, look, there's no just oh, fucking shit. That's just the bloody. Yeah. That's the best way you can explain it, isn't it? Well, it is, but um, you know, look, I keep saying and I'll keep reiterating. So many good things have come out of it. You know, my my three kids are amazing. Um, they've just all very kind and compassionate people and, you know, look, and they, we really support each other. So I guess having that's good, you know, like it's not always bad. Like uh, it's only because I'm talking about it constantly over, you know, know, like now, like in Mm. a podcast that it sounds absolutely terrible but it's it's not do you, there's do you, been do some you, really good things come out of it yeah because do, do you have to do this often like when you speak do you more just do you talk about the whole fucking event um, much? not always no. no no sometimes i i focus more on the mental health side of things um but and and depends what they want too depends what people want you to talk about and it also depends on some, a lot of the talks I do, they want to know how to support people. So if there's been a suicide in, in an area, they, they just want to know what the best way to support the community and, and the family, you know, to band together. Because where's your go-to places for, 
um, as you said, you like you do a lot of referring and, and yeah. things like that. What, what's out there for people that are going through these trauma events? Um, well, there's a lot of different places. It just um, it, it depends what you're going through. So if you're feeling like you're on a, a mind site and you're feeling a bit crappy or you're feeling like you're not coping very well because there's one thing I learned about um, a lot of FIFO people is they, they, um, what's the word for it? You know that they earn a lot of money, and they also spend a lot of money, mm. and then they find that they get home, and there's no money, and so then they can't really do anything on their days off because there's so much to pay for, and they and it, it becomes a bit of a cycle. And they do, there are you know guys that and girls that sit out there and are probably. You know, there's probably thoughts running around in their head. That sort of thing, there's, um, you know, there's an organisation called Mates in Construction. Awesome um, suicide prevention and they have counselling services and, you know, they're, they're great for that. And I'm, I'm specifically saying the resource sector because that's what you work in. Mm. Miners promise, yeah, look, you, you couldn't get a better organisation than them for crisis care. Um, they are just, they've got every um, possible support network through in their organisation. So, um, you know, if you're finding that you're struggling after a loss and your, your partner or whoever, son, whatever, was on in the mining sector or resource sector then you know then you can ring miners promise and there there is a family service advisor there janine and she's fabulous um then there's the uh, organizations like arbor which is your um active response for bereavement outreach service so that's for suicide bereaved um there's the grief center in that you can go to um that's a general they do general support groups and you know so there is a lot you can message me i've got a lot of um information that i send out to people about supporting the bereaved and um you know i do have a lot of pamphlets and things that really easy reading just simple things you can do so there are definitely a lot of services out there i mean that's just a tip the iceberg really of what's out there but you know if, if it's really you're really feeling like crap then get onto lifeline they've got fabulous counselors on there and or um beyond blue yeah so there are some really really there's even for people that um in the now i've got to get it right the LB, 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 G, LB, G, T, B, I, isn't it? We're good, aren't we? Don't forget the A. A. A section. Yeah, there's yeah. actually, um, so I don't think it's in this, in my latest book, but there's actually an outreach service for people that are struggling there and, yeah, right and, and yeah. are feeling isolated. You know, yeah. there's there's a group for every, there's something for everyone. 
There's a group for every group of that. Too. Yeah, there is yeah. a group for that. There's a group that goes into a group. Yeah, yeah. is that all? Um, so your your website. Yeah. Is that that's that have shitload of links on it too, huh? I haven't yet. No, my website's mainly to order my books through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you tap, click on the blog section in my website, that'll take you to my Facebook page, and I always have lots of links. Yep. In in there. Yeah. What's right? The web address. What is it? Rabinahaines.com.au. Yep. Yeah. Bloody God, you'd be. No, you need to buy some. We need to get some books sold out of this. Well, let's not lie. Oh, wow. Like, well, you sort of just probably have to. Just a couple. <laughs> yeah, you probably. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, look. If anybody is in that situation and needs some help, then my books are definitely will probably help you. Well, can hopefully. You, can, is that the one place that you buy? Can you get them as um. Yes, e- ebooks and everything as well. You can well. get them as ebooks. You can get them um, through Dimex or QBD. Um, there's a couple of dotted around bookshops, dotted yeah. around that they're at. So, um, my Warrior Mum's not in yet because that's my recently um, published one, so that hasn't gone into bookstores yet. But yeah, so you can. I'll chuck all the links up on. On all bloody my shit, so hopefully people. Yeah. Will, yeah, yeah. I think it's fantastic what you've done with the shirts. Yeah, they're good fun. Love it. Oh, yeah, it's bloody. Yeah, it's I good. ordered it's, one. I, I did see that. I, I ordered like, one. Oh, you've got to chuck, make sure you chuck a tribute up for Nige on Tagged Off. As oh, well. yeah, I definitely yeah. will. I yeah. definitely will do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. On the website, because it's bloody. Yeah, that's going to. It's just for, it's as good. I said, and that's like the whole reason that started was for exactly. Exactly your situation. Yeah. Just the people, people like people in mining that die, not from a fatality that gets in the gets so, in the news and everything. It's yeah. just the and they're the ones. It's and it's it's because they they obviously like as you said, you get the families get forgotten about, but the actual person gets forgotten about too because they wasn't yeah. a, you can't find it in yeah. the newspaper. No, you don't see yeah, it. It's in not the on newspaper. Google or anything. It's so just, many. Yeah. Yeah. So many you don't hear of. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, in fact, most of our support group is is made up of people that have just had fatalities of in mining industry, but not, but you know, through natural causes or mm. you know, nobody knows about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's- it is. It's a. It's difficult. It's it's a difficult, different. It's a different sort of. Um, a loss to if somebody dies at home because you're so removed from it. You know they just didn't fly home. But and there's but there's all that unknown. Like like you, yeah, you're yeah, like, so what, what was he doing that morning? Like when like you know like what? It's what, like, what was he doing? Like yeah. After I, I spoke to him on the phone. What? Oh uh, yeah. Did did you find? Were you just running hypotheticals through your head for years? Yeah. Of just, I, I still do. I. And I think about the guy, um, the mine manager who who found Nige. I think about him. Um, he actually spoke at Nige's funeral. But I actually, I had to know. I just had to know how he found him, and you know. So, getting quite, you know, deep here. When he found him, he had literally. He'd obviously had a slight, you know, like chest pain or something, 
because when they found him, he had the phone just near his hand. So, yeah, in the process. Um, of, yeah. Yeah. So he was obviously trying to call someone. Uh, you know, things like that, you just... But you, you, can, you can just wrap but your head against a fucking wall for oh, years you, thinking, oh, what, if, what, what if, what if? Wall. Well, it yeah, I, for a long time I thought, you know, what if he didn't mind? He, you know, I might have been able to save him. If he was at home, it wouldn't have happened, mm. blah, 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 blah. But I did go to um, a cardiologist and sat down and spoke to him and said, look, and he read through his notes and he said, look, you, you wouldn't have saved him if he was at home. Yeah. It was too big. It was pretty much instant. And, and you, but you think of the blokes up at work, the blokes and ladies up oh, at work too, they'd be do. running it through their head too. Oh, they do. And I know a couple him? of people quit. Mm. It was quite um, traumatic. And I know we were talking about, um, which is another reason why I do what I do, um, and I know this from another one of your other podcasts that I listen to, that it's all well and good to have counselling and go to counsellors, but I really feel unless they have a lived experience and that qualification, it's very hard to for them, I think, I just don't know how you'd understand because you've never felt that feeling. Well, I think, yeah, and you, you, they naturally resort to trying to give an answer, whereas you know that most of the time there isn't an answer. No. Yeah. So what happened was we, we went to counselling with my oldest boy who is smart as a whip and his first counselling session he went in and he came out and he said, I'm not going back to her. And I went, all right. I said, but it might be a good idea, mate. It's good to talk about things. He goes, all right then. If you make me go back to her, I'm going to research the next lot of questions is what she's going to ask because they'll all be um, generic. And I'll just tell her what she wants to hear. <laughs> yeah, right. You've got a smart kid on your hand, all right. On your hands, all right. And I Shit. went, oh, jeez, <laughs> mate. You know, give it a go. Like that. No arguing with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to have somebody, um, see, now a lot of organisations, it's a requirement to have a, a lived experience mentor. In you know, in peer support, which I think is fantastic, yeah. And that includes not just in bereavement, but in um, you know, drug addiction and you know, clinics and things. They usually have mentors, isn't it? Well, that's a fucking tough ticket to get, isn't it? Lived experience, bloody. <laughs> oh, and to be <laughs> you able won't to see many people peer signing support. up for that. Right. Fuck. <laughs> Although I reckon that dude could have done it. He oh, could do it. Uh, Dean Bitterway, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell, what a yarn. Oh. Pretty inspirational. Oh, all I kept thinking was, oh, he should be in peer support. Yeah. He'd be brilliant. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that comes out of it for him because yeah. he's, yeah, he's, he said he, after we did that episode, the, as I was saying, I think it was Curtin Uni or something, hit him up, put him on like a guest speaker list. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Good on him. So, because he was yeah. writing a book about it too because it's like fucking unbelievable oh. what he went through. Yeah, well, that's a book I'd buy. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and and the fact that he's risen above it, mm. you know, and he's got his life together and basically had to hit rock bottom. Yeah. And once you hit rock bottom, there's only one way, and that's up. Did, did you 
Can you pin? Were you at a rock bottom? Can yep. you pin? Do you Absolutely. know when it was? Can you pinpoint it? Um, yeah, probably that bit I was reading there. I really hit the bottom of the pit, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> I did, and um, yeah, that was it. Was I either had to make that decision to stay in that that spot and um, and not be effective for anybody. Or work my way up the ladder out of the hole. Yeah. I can, I, I can see which choice you took. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm glad I did take that choice. Yeah. It's not easy. You, you're only at the bloody start of the journey too, aren't yeah, you? What, what, right. you're, what you're trying to achieve out yeah. of all this for other people. Hopefully. You know, I do have a passion for it, um, especially helping people in the resource sector because um, they tend to get forgotten a little bit. You know, they they don't know. You are very aligned, that's all I can say. When you know, And also it's hard because when you're working in FIFO, it's a different world completely to normal people that come home every night and, and have each other every night. You do become quite... Um, detached from society because your life's in mining, so you sort of wait for those days off. Or mm. and, well, that, and that's what um, the missus says because when I'm away, like everyone's doing stuff with their families, and she yeah. gets forgotten about a bit because the families are catching up. But everyone wants to catch up with us when I'm home. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a very detached lifestyle yeah. that can be. And so when you lose somebody in in that environment, you you really do become detached because you lose. I felt I lost my identity. Come here, Chloe. Come sit with us. <laughs> Sorry, though. <laughs> Go on, special guest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I think we have yep. n- nearly hit the bloody two hour. <gasps> Do you know? Do you think it was going that long? I think no. Where are we? Hour and a half. Really? Hour forty. Oh. Isn't that unreal? How quick it goes. How long do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Forty minutes. What do you want? Do you want to? You draw draw on the chalkboard. Professional establishment yeah. here, Mark. I can see it. Yeah, very. <laughs> it's great. I love no it. No bullshit here either. Nah, I love family. it. It's the way it should be. Oh, well, it, mate, right. this has been unreal. Oh, like this. Tell you what, I've yeah, I've got that taste in my throat. It's just like this has just been a, a bloody, I guess, an emotional role a journey for me too to listen to this. It's just because mm-hmm. I feel like I've, you know. Just, just live the experience with you, start to finish. It's um, it, just there. Yeah, thanks so much for bloody opening oh, up about no. the whole thing. Thanks it's, for having me. Far out. Not yeah, many people want the Queen of Death oh, on there. I'll tell you what. That is the, probably the hardest interview I've ever done in terms of what it's. I'm, de- yeah, I'm defeated after listening because it's just such a roller coaster to listen to. Like, just it is just so powerful. Oh. Your story. Oh. Yeah. I- I've never seen it as that, but well, like, like it's uh, just, it's, but um, it's just, it's yeah, everything. You. It's inspiring. It's powerful. It's emotional. It's distressing. It's what, but what you've done out of it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't can't congratulate you enough, and I'm sure 
there's so many other people that are just like that have just like she's Rabina changed my life. Uh, well, you know what I. I don't know if changing anybody's life is what I'll do, but I'll I certainly will try and support them. Well, that you you you're pushing them in the direction. Yeah, 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 putting them in a direction that you know might be a little bit more positive. Yeah. Set those goals. That's what I say. Yeah. Yes. Oh, goals. just unbelievable. Just yeah. Just I'll just wish you all the best Thank for you everything much. you're doing, and buddy, I hope everyone bloody buys some books and yeah. gets behind you. So, yeah. like, look and. I'll gather, it, I'll gather the more books people do, the more you can – it's just it, helping you yeah, be able to do this full time. facilitate things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, everybody, you know, I wish everybody out there good mental health, especially in the mining industry because I know it's a tough, tough industry. You're so like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've got um, we're, we're at the, the special we're presenter we're, here. We're, we're, we're on um, babysitting duties at the tail yeah, end of the interview. that's all right. Here. But yeah, no, I'll, um, look, anything you bloody, I'll chuck links to your website. You'll be bloody, I'll be flattered to know if you get heaps of calls oh. after this. Well, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. People are very welcome to message me. I'm very yeah. real. I, I say it as it is. And, you know, I, anybody that might be struggling out there, don't, don't feel like you have to struggle alone. Yeah. Um, just send me a message and I, you know, I'll, I'll try and help you out or, or send you somewhere that can, you know, <laughs> she said, "Yeah, that's enough." That's We're uh, yeah, they just restarted because Chloe just pressed stop. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, thanks very She's, much, mate. Yeah, thanks, Matt. That's, that's thanks for the chat. Awesome, thank you. <laughs>